1: this is Helen, and this is Wineface. Wineface is my podcast about wine and with people and vibes, more wine and who makes it and how it's grown. I have a shop on Fairfax Avenue in Los Angeles. It's called Helen's Wines. It's in the back of John and Vinny's. Come check us out if you're in LA. Otherwise, you can visit us online, helenswines.com, or at Helen's Wines on Instagram. But this is Wine Face, and today we are taking it to a boudoir level. No, t- today it's kind of a cross intersection of what I like to call bearskin rug wines. So, wines you might want to drink with your partner. If you're going to get into some sexy times, Um, but it's also sort of a brief introduction to a different set of podcasts that we're going to be exploring about winter reds. There's such a seasonality in wine that I don't think people often think about. There's certain wines that are released at certain times of year. I can't buy them all year round. And it, it kind of, they, these wines go with whatever we're eating at the time or the vibes, or if you're putting on a turtleneck or if you have a fire raging next to your bear skin or animal skin rug. I don't know. I don't know what what my obsession is with this bare skin rug. But today we have a super special guest, my really good friend, Erica Chidi Cohen, who's a co founder and CEO of a women's center in Los Angeles called Loom. So we're going to be breaking down sort of the ins and outs of understanding the female body, some sex tips. I'm going to just save it. You just got to tune in in about Eight minutes or less. Um, but Winter Reds is an introduction. I kind of like to go in two different directions in my mind when, whether it's a bearskin rug moment or it's like just a cozy night watching a movie, have a fire raging, maybe there's a bearskin rug. I like to go with either a lighter red wine that you don't need food with, it's very drinkable, it's kind of making your palate salivate. Or I like to go with something that has a little bit more fortitude. It's a little bit stronger. It has more tannins. Like it's definitely not something you would want to drink in July, but it's something you can savor and you can sip on and you can just sort of let it evolve in your glass. You would not rush through it. It's not like a chuggable, chilled red. It's something that should be dissected and taken a little bit more seriously. So to speak. So today I had three wines, and one of them, as soon as we got to the studio, it's such a bummer. And I thought I'd talk about it because it's something that people don't really understand necessarily intuitively about wine, is that there are flaws that wine can have. And sometimes these flaws are very minor and can add character to the wine, but most often these flaws inhibit the wine from truly displaying what it could be and can be undrinkable. So I brought a bottle of the L'Esprit de Horizon, and it's this beautiful wine that's a blend of Syrah and Granada and a little bit of carignan, and it's made in the southwest of France. And it was exhibiting exhibiting this flaw called volatile acidity, VA. And what that means is there's just too much imbalance in the wine for it to be palatable. VA can be a very cool thing that's like racy in white wine or in red wine can be just like a little bit of zip and pop but in this case it was kind of turning the wine into a kimchi kind of sour it was souring it so that was a bummer but luckily we had two rock stars um, the first one is a couple Marie and Vincent Tricot I just got my allocation of these wines they're incredibly romantic super special it's you know if you go to Paris and you go to like sexy little wine bars this is what you want to drink they always have it it's micro. Quantities, but I brought their trois bon hommes, and it's a hundred percent pinot noir grown in an area of the Loire Valley called Auvergne. And the winemakers uh, ended up buying four and a half hectares of organically farmed pre phylloxera vines there, which it's one of the like only regions that was not affected by phylloxera. Uh phloxer was a disease that like, uh, it was actually a bug that kind of destroyed a lot of the vines in Europe. We can do a totally different podcast on that because it's fascinating. So these were not affected by that, which means they have all of this integrity and strength. Um, the soil there is limestone, clay, basalt. Their winemaking approach is definitely one of wild yeast fermentation, organic farming. They take it a little bit further, they don't add sulfur, they don't do filtering, they don't do fining, and the result is this beautiful, almost like crushed, macerated, but almost overly ripe strawberry color and essence, but it has this tannic structure that hits your palate and it creates this salivation. It creates this salivation like you're, you're in the moment, you're in the mood, you're ready to just like sip on this wine. It's not too serious, but it's very, very satisfying and it's low in alcohol. So if you have a glass or a glass and a half, you're not going to get three sheets to the win. The other winter red, or also a good bearskin rug option, is Bordeaux. I think people don't understand Bordeaux. It took me a while to understand it, even though when I started my career as a sommelier, I opened Bordeaux after Bordeaux after Bordeaux. I was lucky to taste these Bordeaux's from 1982 over and over and over again. And like, these are some of the most expensive wines in the world. It was absolutely mind blowing, but it was my first exposure and it was cool. But for me, I wanted to learn more. I wanted more nuance, but what's great about Bordeaux is it's kind of like lying under a cozy blanket. Um, so I brought a wine from Chateau Massereau, and it's from the Graves region of Bordeaux, which is, is it's kind of like a 30-mile stretch that's southeast of the actual city of Bordeaux. And it's on the left bank of... Uh, near a town called Barsac, and that's where Chateau Massereau is. They've been organic farming since 2000. It's a blend of mostly Cab Franc with Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Petit Verdot. Those are all the red grape varietals that are blended together. They're all grown in alluvial soils. What's beautiful about this wine is that they do the fermentation and the maceration in concrete tanks and then age the wine in old barriques. So there's no new oak on this. And so you can really taste the nuance of the red grapes, their structure structure. structure it's dense it's like it's 2011 so it has a little bit of age on it it feels like you're getting into something serious like it feels like quote-unquote red wine but it's dope bordeaux can be a little polarizing we're gonna do a little episode on bordeaux but basically it's broken into two banks on either side of the river. It's left bank and right bank. So this wine, Chateau Massereau, is from the left bank. Left bank is where Cabernet Sauvignon rules. That's the general rule of left bank. It's where really famous appellations like Margot and St. Estef and wines that sell super duper high at auction are all pretty much, generally speaking, from the left bank. And there's some of the, like the eight best communes or what people consider the best communes or areas in Bordeaux are on the left bank in a, and, and that's often referred to, those eight communes are referred to as the Medoc. Um, this is where all of the first growth Bordeaux's are have their classification. And that's really just like the bee's knees or the Grand Cru, like first growth is the best of the best. And it was back in 1855 that that classification was established, which now we're at 2018, almost 2019. It seems so funny that those rules still stand. But then you go over to the right bank, The right bank has some varying styles. It has more terroir. It does have the areas of Pomerol and Saint-Emilion, which are probably the two most famous. Uh, They're more Merlot-driven. Pomerol has a super famous clay soil. So anyway, that's just a teaser of kind of Bordeaux and how it's so bare skin rug and it makes you want to sear a steak or do something with the person that you love or people that you love. I find that it's... um, it's a cool, Bordeaux's cool. And some people used to call it boring, like instead of Bordeaux, it's boring. And I think we, we just need to find the right producers at the accessible price points so people can jump back into it. Anyway, I am going to segue into this moment of magical mystery that we are unveiling with my good friend, Erica Chidi Cohen. We are going to be delving into all things skin in one second. Thanks. Hi, we're back. This is Wineface, and I got my special guest in the studio, the stewed with me. Her name is Erica Chidi Cohen. Hi Erica. Hi. I'm so excited to have you here. Very excited to be here, friend. <laughs> we are friends. We're actually friends. We're actually friends in real life. Friends first, okay guys? Friends, friends first. always. Yeah. Friend before podcast. Friends forever. Um Erica owns or co-owns Correct. an amazing and founded co-founded and co-owns an amazing place called Loom in Los Angeles. If you don't know, now you know. And she wrote a book. Wait, can you just tell us a little bit about like give the people... People your background because cool. they definitely don't know and they need to know. Great. So
0: <clears throat> stepping <laughs> on my soapbox. So I am the co-founder and CEO of Loom. We provide empowered education from periods to parenting and whether you're trying to figure out what's going on with your periods or you are trying to get more in touch with your sexuality and and understand it from a more embodied place, or if you're currently pregnant or parenting under the first year, we have got you, or at least something for you. And I also wrote a book called Nurture that focuses on pregnancy and moving through it in a way that, again, feels authentic and, you know, and and focused on you, because I really feel that so many books and kind of what motivated me while I was writing the book was that so many books are kind of speaking at you as, a spo- as opposed to kind of speaking to you and, and and being in this more collaborative conversation. And so um, the book is out there. And it nurtures. It does. It's, and, and it's available wherever good books are sold.
1: I've not been <laughs> pregnant yet, but I feel like a lot of books are kind of scaring you yes. by under the mascot of being informative, Correct. which I feel like is such a good sort of Symbol of most of women's health, mm-hmm. like women's health. Growing up, it was like everything's scary, yeah, and it's bad and it's wrong. It's a lot of dun dun dun, yeah, like, and then you get your period, wah wah, yeah, you're
0: just like, <laughs> well, I guess I gotta go through this now. Yeah. There's a lot of that.
1: But I feel like what you are doing that is so cool and revolutionary in my mind is that you're changing the way women – you're giving women the permission to think about it differently. And you're opening the door for the conversation to be framed in a different way. And my experience of Loom is one that's like take all that is special about you and instead of giving it this negativity – feed a way to empower it by better understanding it totally and i think the thing is you know we always have to acknowledge
0: the patriarchy rest in peace but <laughs> it definitely has sound effects it does we should have a little board here for and all that yeah. <laughs> oh, explode but you know the patriarchy has informed so much of how we as women or female identifying people understand our bodies we've definitely been shaped and you know it was kind of we've been shaped and we've also been uh motivated or i'm trying to think of a better word uh we've been shaped and also rewarded to not ask a lot of questions about our bodies and i think that that is definitely changing. There's an interest now in understanding how our bodies work. And my main thing is you should know how it works before something goes wrong. And you should always be coming to yourself and and, and exploring your body from a place of understanding as opposed to a place of kind of like dysregulation. Yeah. So, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's making it, making that learning experience fun and approachable and and not so kind of esoteric and and woo-woo that you're like oh that's not for me it's like no cycle tracking's for you like, yeah it's for anybody that's that's cycling and <laughs> by cycling
1: i mean having a period not lance armstrong guys yeah it is the flow flow comes to town ant flow see you next tuesday yep no, that's actually, not that. <laughs> actually, seen
0: about seven days. I'm in my luteal phase, so this is no also means... No one knows mean, what that means. Luteal phase means I'm in the home stretch before my uterus starts to bleed. And that means from a cognitive and an emotional standpoint that I am feeling kind of low. And you want to eat carbs? Definitely want to eat carbs, even though I'm on this protocol right now that really encourages me not to eat gluten. We're figuring it out. And okay. And <laughs> on top of that, just... You know, language is is a little bit more, you know, janky. It's like mm-hmm. I got the words. They're trying to come down from the brain. They're trying to come out the mouth. But it's like. Whew.
1: So the bottom line is you got to give the ladies a break. Yeah. We got a lot going on. What do you think? What's the like? What is the top for someone who's not pregnant who's coming to see you at Loom? When, what is the main piece of knowledge or couple pieces that, like, have the jaw drop? Where people, like, women are like, I had no idea that that is happening in my body. Well, Like, I, w- to, to explain the level of disconnect that, like, I would say more than half the nation's women probably have.
0: Well, I'll say this, and it's less so much what's happening in the body during the pregnancy. I'll just say, you know, when we talk about birth, most people think if you are going to, you know, tear during Delivery that the tear is going to be you looking down at your vagina and just seeing a zip in terms of how many stitches or suturing is going to have to happen. But what most people don't know is that, you know, vaginal tissue, you know this because you've obviously either felt inside of your vagina or had something inside that has given you this impression. But the inside of your vagina is... Is is mucosa? It's, it's like the inside of your mouth. Mm. So you know when you've ever burnt or tear or torn or had anything kind of rupture in your mouth, you know it doesn't feel great, obviously. But the healing is very different to it's really if you, fast, it's very fast, and it's it's very fast and it's also very different to having a cut on your arm or your leg, and so. One, most of the tears, first and second degree tears, which is what most women or people experience during delivery, are internal, which means they're inside, yeah. which means they're on the walls, like the that's lateral ideal. walls of the vagina. So it's like, yeah, seems like best. So the the healing is a little bit more rapid and it's a little bit more sophisticated as opposed to a tear that's on skin as we know it. And I think when people- Because there's sh-
1: oxygen that yeah. like, yeah. And there's constant moisture
0: and there's like mm. no real exposure to like the outside world, quote unquote. You got to so, get a finger condom on. Yeah. You just got to be like, <laughs> hey, you know, and when you think about that for That's tearing a for lot-
1: cooking. Cool. Cool, <laughs> yeah, cool,
0: cool, cool, cool. But, You can use a finger, you can use your finger condom for a couple of things. I feel like <laughs> whenever I, I see, I have a, a body worker I see that will do like, you know, myofascial muscle work oh, yeah. in my mouth. Jaw release. Jaw release. And we'll use a finger condom. What but, about
1: for non-pregnant women? Um, Biggest, like, well, mind... Oh, my mind's blown. Well, I say what mine is. But. Well, you
0: can... I, I, I'd rather have you kind of lean in. But just to wrap that up, I think when people hear that it's not going to necessarily be external, it's going to be internal, it's more like your mouth. They're like, oh.
1: It's not like, it's not like the Joker and Batman face. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's more like, okay, like, I think this is more manageable. But yeah. you were saying...
1: Oh, yeah. I think the biggest thing for me was that like I kind of knew this, but before I met you, I didn't realize like how drastically your hormones can change every single week of a 30 day period. And that, like, that indicates many different things, including mood and energy and how, like, and how those two interact together. 100. Yeah. And I, give ourselves a break. I know. Well, I think— the, And it made me so envious of men.
0: I know. Well, look, they have a lot less hormonal variability, at least from my understanding. You know, we do— have this kind of shift where, you know, you know, things are going up, things are going down and it impacts our mood a lot and it impacts just sometimes our productivity and our, you know, our just general kind of efficacy in the world. But what I will say is when you do understand your cycle, it it's like cognitive behavioral therapy in a way. Like all of a sudden it's like today I'm in my luteal phase. So I know that like this podcast will be fire, but it could be even more fire if I was here in my follicular no. face or my hey, ovulatory girl, face. you are
1: always invited back. So oh, cool. We can do cool. a part two. So why do people, why do women pack a bottle of wine sometimes, red wine specifically for labor? What's the deal with that? So, I,
0: It's funny. <laughs> and you're mentioning this because I had a client recently who was like, I got some Helens in my hospital suitcase. And I was like, yes, you do. Yeah. Um, she also, got a good bottle. Really good bottle. Yeah. And they're just such an awesome cup. I mean, like, it's just, I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. got it. Yeah. Um, Look. Alcohol can be very helpful. You know, they obviously are in a hospital so they're gonna have it after their baby to be like, celebrate. Oh okay. but alcohol can be great in early labor to relax you know, contractions as are happening. Um, but again, you'd want to talk to your care provider about whether or not that's cool for you. But yes, over the eons, we've discovered that alcohol can have a relaxing effect on the body and help just make contractions a little bit easier in the beginning anyway, like a little half glass of wine. Mm. Um, but, you know, wine is like, I don't know, wine's a pretty cool thing. And actually, when I was thinking about what you were saying was kind of like the jaw drop moment in terms of what you've experienced with working with me and Loom, it, I think... I'm hearing so much more about wine now in our sex class.
1: Yeah. So, it's a great segue because you just said like half a glass helps relax your contractions, but this episode is called Bare Skin Rug for a reason. It is. Light the fire. <laughs> so, tell us about what are you hearing about wine, like how in in your professionalism are you hearing about wine as it interplays with sex? and what people's relationship to it is. Well,
0: I'll speak personally to start. I mean, I love wine. I'm not really a big drinker. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I always think (laughs) when I fill out any medical forms, like how many units of alcohol do you have per week? And I'm always like, I'm like two to five. And like two to five in the space of like, two days of the week, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's always just like, it's an enjoyable experience for me. But I will say, you know, when I get into the kitchen or I'm I'm thinking about, okay, tonight, like, I want to get into it, you know?
1: Set the mood. Set
0: the mood. You know, I love what a glass of wine can do. And I'm not drinking a glass of wine to escape and, like, check out. But I'm I'm having a glass of wine because I'm like, I want to just, I want to pull, I want to pull a little bit deeper into my body. And come a little bit out of the thinking and, and into the an feeling. And increase
1: your intimacy, not on a mental level, yeah. sort of on a subliminal yeah. level.
0: Yeah. And like, I've been with my partner now for, you know, eight years. So I, I, it's definitely not a, it's not a, it's not like a major lubricant for us, <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely is like an assist. It's yeah. like, hey, you're sipping some
1: wine. Calm down. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: but then in it's our a signal, it's a signal, it's a signal, it's a signal. Yeah. I would say definitely like depending on the situation, it's definitely something that like Alex and I will never be like, we need to drink two bottles of wine, do it. Yeah. But like it's a signal, <laughs> it's a signifier. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's enjoy a glass and then like we'll enjoy the wine later too. You know what I yeah, mean? It's yeah. like, it's kind of agreeing to get in the zone yeah what have you heard from like other people
0: well you know in our sex class which is my favorite class to teach at loom right now and the, the premise of the class really is to discover how to just really embrace your sexuality from your own perspective so less about how you perform with partners, but more about how you experience sex yourself.
1: And not feel embarrassed. Yeah. Like and feel empowered. In totally
0: that. empowered. And, you know, we talk about anatomy. We talk about, you know, orgasms. We talk about just all the things that are kind of like outlying the experience in a way. But- one of the things that we talk about are things that turn you on and things that turn you off. Mm. And it's interesting, you know, wine has come up often as a thing that turns people on. It's a part of their kind of arousal template of like, yeah, that's really helpful. And it's not like I need a bottle or two. It's like, it's, it's nice. It's kind of like in the, in the atmosphere. And so I've, I've heard that a lot. And sometimes it's wine. Sometimes it's a little bit of cannabis. Like those are kind of two things that are there. And then interestingly, it also for some people is on their turnoffs list if they drink too much, they yeah. feel like they can't perform. Or if they're or a turnoff
1: is if their partner drinks too much. Um and so it's And then you're suddenly out of sync. Yes. That's what I've found. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't work. You guys kinda you have to be on the same like wavelength. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Every you gotta be like kind of toe for toe. Mm. Um, but wine is definitely, and I don't I, I don't know if like empirically or clinically it's an aphrodisiac, but it definitely is, like you said, a signifier. It helps people be like, okay. Okay, we're in this zone now.
1: Well, because technically it's a suppressant. Yeah. Which is like the way I was thinking about it. Whereas like the only alcohol that's a stimulant is tequila. Mm-hmm. And like cannabis can be a stimulant if it's a sativa. Yeah. But wine technically is a suppressant, mm-hmm. which I think is I think there's that magic hour with the quantity mm-hmm. to drink, which I think is like not actually as much as people believe. Um, but it's so interesting to me. Like I just remember being younger and feeling like the need to be like more numb to be more myself, which I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah, same. And it's just like such a, awful place to be, because then you end up not even showing what you're actually turns you on. You are showing a version of that or a projection of what you think your partner wants. Exactly. And it's so not satisfying. Yeah,
0: it's not. And you know, the thing that's interesting is, you know, for me, I am a, I'm a self-described bossy bottom, so I don't need to be (laughs) dominant in bed, but I, I definitely need to have all my faculty so I can be like, yeah, more of this, less of that, you know? And so if I'm, you know, two sheets to the wind, it's not really fun for me because I'm not able to kind of ask for what I need. Right. Um, And so it is nice to feel, you know, engaged even if there is a little bit of
1: vino, you know, in the system. Vino for your bearskin rug. I Hope this inspires everyone to not only get a bearskin rug, Borrow your friend's fireplace. I mean,
0: just all the things. Set I, it up.
1: I like, I love like when people are like, yeah, we just, you know, bare skin rug on the floor. Like all those movies. We actually like,
0: have a skin rug in our bedroom. Really? Yeah. So oh, some, yeah. sometimes we sit on it and we eat takeout and we watch TV and, great you know, too. and we make our way towards, yeah. towards the sex.
1: You're like first stop, takeout. Yeah.
0: food I mean food Food is is very sexual it is
1: it is can people watch like how for the people who are not in Los Angeles so you could go to your website sign up for sex class it seems to be like one of the most popular things that you're doing right now and you just started it um how can the people outside of LA engage with this or are you working on it can we Yeah, Yeah. so a couple
0: things. Really fun news. We're we're actually going to be starting a podcast series here at Dear Media. What? 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 Shout out. (laughs) Fam, (laughs) fam, fam. So we're going to be doing that, and it's actually going to be a live podcast series at Loom. Um, It's like almost a kind of, I don't know, like a— a reimagining of our This Matters kind of conversation series that we've been having. And that will be a great way for you to listen in and hear about all the things that we're obsessed about uh, at Loom. And then we are working on exploring what a digital platform could look like. And we're planning to kind of go out and um, make that happen in 2019, 2020.
1: But people can like stream your sex class Yes. once the pod launches in when? Uh, So
0: people can so they won't so they actually oh, won't be able to stream anything <laughs> but you can ch- you can listen to the podcast yeah, when listen, it comes out in, like subscribe yeah, yeah you can subscribe to the podcast when it comes out in February oh my and God. what's it called it's called this matters at loom totally
1: matters we're talking about things that matter people this shit matters, matters. I think people don't I think people underestimate how important this is, how important connectivity with your partner, making time for it. I had a partner in my past life who literally once told me that sex was not the most important thing in a relationship. And it wasn't even in the top three for them, and I literally it changed a lot of things for me. Yeah, and that was really heartbreaking. Like, it's definitely not the most important thing, but it's really important in my current relationship that it exists and that we engage in it. Um, which brings me to a question because you have experience with this. You are also a doula. Um, what is the what's your advice for parents who you know maybe they're pregnant, pr- approaching giving birth? You know, there is that like. No flex zone, like off limits, sexy times. I'm sure people could do other stuff. Like, have you had, do you have any advice for new parents on reconnecting? You're tired, you got a baby. You know, it is one of my biggest fears about having a baby, I think, is mm-hmm. becoming alienated from my mm-hmm. partner well, and how wine might be. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs>
0: wine might be there. for. Well, look, <laughs> I kidding. also got, we got to chill on the culture of like wine, wineness and like mom juice. Like we don't I feel like the wine thing is there to be supportive and, and helpful, but it shouldn't be a crutch. Yeah. This is a FYI. Preach. Preach. But um, I think the reality is. And this is something I personally subscribe to. I'm all about quality over quantity. Oh, me too. So I'm like, if we are just getting down and we're having some good sex fairly regularly, like whatever, even if it's like two times a month, but it's hot, there's orgasms and it's like you're still thinking about it and you're still getting off about it, you know, a few months down the line. Great. So I think that's the one thing, like for new parents, just generally.
1: You don't need Quant- to be like having yeah. sex multiple yeah. times a yeah. week. Yeah, definitely. Take just that pressure off. Take,
0: take it off. But yeah. definitely think more about the quality that you're having. And if you are in a, regardless of whether you're, you know, queer and in a, you know, a non-hetero partnership or a, or a hetero partnership, think about having clearer communications about what you actually want and what you actually like. That's a really important thing because after, for, you know, for pregnant people after you have a baby your body feels a little different mm. like sex feels a little different even just like you know getting fingered can feel really different mm. so it's 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 starting to and that's like another Component to intimacy. You know, when we look at the word intimacy, it's like into me you see. And so it's like really developing it more so that, you know, when you have your partner inside you or if they have a toy inside you, you're able to be like, oh, that doesn't feel really good. And that might be really hard because maybe that's something you never really wanted to say to your partner when you were, you know, pre baby because you're just like, I'll do whatever for my partner and it doesn't matter. But it might be a time now where you need to talk more about what you need. So, you know, quantity over quality, communication about whatever. Actually,
1: feels quality good. over quantity. Yeah, what did I say? Quant- <laughs> quantity <Yeah>. over. Sorry. <laughs> it's not good. I was like, co- whoa, 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 come
0: Backing it up. But yeah, quality over quantity, communication, and then also just realizing, you know, in the first year after having a baby, if you're choosing to breastfeed or chest feed, um, depending on however you identify, the hormones that really help support breastfeeding, specifically oxytocin, is the same hormone that's released when you're having an orgasm. Oh, so, I didn't
1: know that. Yeah.
0: So what happens is you know oxytocin is helping the smooth muscle in the breast contract around the milk duct so that when you, you know, when your baby is suckling and the milk is released, you're just getting really washed with oxytocin all the time, which is why for a lot of people when breastfeeding or feeding is going well, they like love it. You're just getting that hit all day long, which means you typically are a little less interested in having sex. Because you're getting, you're that, getting release. It. You get Got that release. you getting so that release on the So that makes
1: sense. And that's good for men to know. Yeah. And, and, and I and think a lot of men don't
0: know. They don't know that. And also if you're in a, you know. In a or queer, not just yeah, men. Yeah but, yeah. but queer partnership too. Know, yeah. Yeah, like you, sorry. They, of no, Don't be sorry. It's all good. But I, in your head, it's like whoever the partner is needs to know that. And you need to know on both ends, one, for the person that's doing the feeding, you're going to have to kind of like reach out a little bit from like, you know, almost like you're in like a thick like fog. You're going to have to like reach out and find your partner because you're getting all the loved of energy vibes in your body all day. And then they got to know they got to come get you too. Right. And so you got to really work hard to to move away from the impasse. And the inertia, because it it can really, and the partner can feel like, oh, maybe they're not as into me anymore. And it's actually not that; it's just hormonally things are set up a little differently.
1: It's a dual cocoon escape. It is.
0: It is. It's like sometimes
1: I just am so like, you know, I think I'm a very open minded, progressive person, but I'm like, wow, I have so lacking of identity to like. Not that I judge or anything, but, like, even just what I just said. I'm just, like, I don't know how to identify, like, in mainstream, I think, most Americans of, like, a queer partnership or, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. a non-traditional. I'm embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. No, I'm not embarrassed. I'm just, like, it's very— You're contemplating. I'm very openly self-reflective. Yeah. Like, I'm not, like, that embarrassed. I'm just, like— Yeah, like, my reality is not the reality of everyone. Yeah. And sometimes I really, like, I think it's really healthy to remind yourself of that in the moments when you realize you are not reminding yourself. Yeah. Or you just, like, are so, like, okay, like, I'm white. Remind yourself you're white. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And work. I think with the work that I do, I'm constantly always oscillating beyond myself you know and although like that oscillation is not that difficult for me because you know I am not in the dominant culture I'm black I'm also queer and so I'm always thinking that kind of in that outer or kind of more micro sense in a in a way so yeah and also I'm I'm an educator so I'm always just like that the use of verbiage
1: and pronouns is just kind of like, I know you're such an educator teacher teacher. teacher. Okay. Let's try these bearskin rug wines. So we have two guys. We had three wines and one had too much VA for those who don't know, VA is volatile acidity and it can be a flaw. It's technically a flaw and it can be a cool flaw. I mean, it's a flaw that comes from a low intervention wine, but the thing is, is VA exists in all kinds of wines. Um, and it was just too like volatile, and it kind of felt like it's like stabby. Um, Don't want to stab. No stabby. No stab. So I picked this wine because it's made by a couple, a sexy couple, Marie and nice. Vincent Tricot. and this is the Trois Bon Homme, and it's Pinot Noir. Right? <laughs> it's <laughs> like really fun and playful. This
0: label is so good. It like,
1: looks like it's drawn oh with a crayon.
0: Jordi would love this. This is so. Like, it's definitely yeah, a this funky
1: wine. So I feel like sometimes setting the mood. When you're bare skin rugging it, Mm -hmm. there's two ways you're going. One, you're going just like a low alcohol, kind of easy to drink. Maybe it's a little funky. It doesn't need to be a natural wine, but like whatever. It's a little chill. And you're just like, it's not really drinking it to have intoxication. You're just drinking it to like set the vibe. So I kind of picked this one. Like it. What are you? Yeah, I'm All right, I'm going to have a little taste. It smells like rotten strawberries, but. Mm, It actually does. It does smell a little like rotten strawberries. It should have but in the best possible way. Yeah. Mm. No, no, no. That's true. I that like this good. wine. You know what I like about it is it has texture on the palate and it salivates. Mm-hmm. You create sal- saliva after you sip it. Oh. So Erica told me before we started recording that she did take a stomachache course and she just showed me her moves. Yeah. <laughs> Show me your moves in South Africa. In South Africa. South Africa. South
0: Africa. South Africa. I should have I done them.
1: South of the Border wines, is what I thought, because it's also like South of the Border. Actually, wink, really- wink. Yeah. Know what I mean? <laughs> I <get>
0: going south,
1: <laughs> babe. Are you gonna go south? Of the border. That's
0: what we're doing. I'm actually gonna do this again. because Yeah. I feel- oh wow, I, it spilled on myself.
1: That's it's also my south, vibe. such sexy wine. It jumped it just, out of the glass it's out here. Okay, so it's a beautiful color. It's sort of this like frosty rose and frosty because it's like not fully mm-hmm. clear. It's unfiltered, but it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting berry. I'm
1: getting it's like berry, but it's dry. Yeah, it's dry. But it, you get you get the salivation. Yeah, keeps you wanting more. It, the kind of tinny thing, too. It's a little bit like tin. Yeah,
0: tin. Yeah, it's got a metallic. Yeah, aspect. Well, t- not too, but not t- not overly tannic though either. It's more just like.
1: I like a sexy time wine that salivates your mm-hmm, mouth because mm-hmm. it makes kiss. It's like, makes you're like, cool. The worst thing is like if you smoke <laughs> the wrong weed and it oh, gives you cotton boy. mouth. You're yeah. Like, okay, let's get the water well, bottle. Yeah. <laughs>
0: let's get that out. I haven't, I haven't had a cotton mouth cannabis <laughs> moment neither. in, in geez, a long time. Long time. But like, so, we're, so scary. Yeah. Very, it's very scary. Very spice. Yeah.
1: We were talking about Britney Spears earlier. We
0: were. I you know, I had uh I had hearkened back to um, the slave for you video and I was like,
1: God, that video is
0: like actually kind of fire. I remember being home and like watch in South Africa at the time, like watching it on MTV and just being like, What is this? And it's it was a good foreplay video? It's just like, yeah, I mean like her like heaving on all those people <laughs> and like again, her face licked. I was like <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. cool I really should angles. just go see her in Vegas. I feel like I should just like pull the trigger and just be like, let's do this. It's Britney, bitch. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Wine okay. number two. Wine number two. That's Britney, bitch. Um, why number two? I picked a, a Bordeaux. Okay. I um, love a Bordeaux. I know. I was like, let's get it. But it's not too full body. It's also much darker. It's more of a plum color. Exactly. Yeah. It's darker. It's richer. It's more mysterious. Yeah, it's second base, third base. Like, oh, third base. Do you ever I mean, maybe the bases should come back. Yeah, I don't know. Do you ever talk about that in sex class? You know, no bases. No. But <laughs> I can always know. I I love a good, like, I might bring that. I might put that in. It might be a cool thing, like a not a game, but like an exercise. Yeah,
0: like what is first base for you? Yeah, for some people it's just like
1: sex. Yeah, first base, <laughs> you know, or like a, you I know. don't know. I don't want to know what a home run is. <laughs> maybe, but maybe, <laughs> maybe you, you do. do. Maybe, maybe I, you do. I think the listeners do want to know. Okay, so this is Chateau Massereau, 2011. Very different Bordeaux. It's from Graves. Uh, so it's a blend of Cab Franc, Merlot, Petit Verdot, Carmenere. It kind of has a little bit of everything in there. So, a lot more depth, more darkness, seven years of age. Not getting much berry at all with mm-hmm. that one. Not Nada. Nada. Not that wine means
0: business. Yeah. It's like, I'm here to... Pay the bill, but
1: it's still good. Yeah, it doesn't taking you out. Yeah, or it's like maybe you sear a steak in a cast iron, yes. have a glass of this. That's really let good. the steak rest. Well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Revisit that steak later. Come back <laughs> your proverbial piece of meat. You know, or if you don't eat meat, sear a portobello mushroom. Totally,
0: that's <laughs> absolutely fine. Actually, could be really great. A little balsamic vinegar, it can be good. But, yeah, yeah. It
1: can be okay. Um, favorite wine of
0: the two. I actually am going to say that I like the Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. Pinot noir, noir. <laughs> noir. If you can get your hands
1: on a visual of this label, it's, it's, it's kind of worth it. It's just kind of like. Go to helenswines.com. Add helenswines. I'm going to post it. Wonderful. I got you. Yeah, this is good. In closing, yes. no, anything, um, you know, please go visit. What's the website for Loom? This
0: is loom.com
1: this is loom.com check out Erica's book nurture especially if you're pregnant or if you're not pregnant totally if you're a man or a woman any however you identify it's cool to know because whoever you definitely know someone who's going through totally that process yep and I think empathy is underrated It is underrated
0: and I, yeah it's actually super underrated it's a nice book to get for anybody that's like in your chosen family that's going to be kind of along for the ride with this experience especially if you um, don't have a partner too I think it's nice to just get your community to be Ooh. reading the same things. I love that. Um, and you can find me on the interwebs at just my whole entire name. Okay. Um. Bef- after an at. <laughs> so,
1: so Erica Cheedy Ch- Eric- Cohen.
0: On Instagram.
1: On the gram. Yeah. She's got a great gram, guys. Go check it out. So- at Erica Chidi Cohen. My new mantra these days is nice is the new cool. Cool. I'm into it. <laughs> and you embody this so much. You're so nice. I know. Okay. Thank you so much for coming. So nice. Shout out to Mari. Yes, who Maddie. Our, woop woop. Who kind of introduced us, yes, actually. Yes, yes, Well, we knew each other, but like sealed the deal. Yeah, we, we nailed it down. Check her out. Coco. Love Mariko. <laughs> That's a, Yeah. She's so great. I know she got to come on and talk to That's
0: me. That's actually it was about, about real estate, mm-hmm. real, real estate, estate and, wine. And, wine. and
1: wine. Yeah, like closing a, deals, closing deals, and opening new doors, sending people wine. Yeah, after. <laughs> it's real. Erica, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Me. More soon. I can't wait to have you back. Me too. Ciao, right. ciao. Bye. Bye. This was Wine Face, y'all. Thank you for listening. Um, if you want any more information on any of these topics, or you want some suggestions on more wines, please go to Helen's Wines. Please feel free to DM me. I will answer all of your questions or visit us online Uh, helenswines.com Subscribe to this podcast. Please write us a review. Any topics that you want to know about, any mysteries of wine you want unveiled, I would love to get your feedback. I'd love to hear from you. You can DM me at at helenswines.com, and you will be guaranteed to hear from me. Thank you so much. This is Wine Face. We're out.